Hello, and welcome to the Vote Her podcast, because when you vote, great things can happen. I'm Mara Davis, political enthusiast, talent booker, and media personality. Every now and then, I get a zinger on Twitter, and it's fun. I am Terry Anelowitz, State House Representative for HD42 in Cobb County. I am a Smyrna evangelist, and this weekend we're celebrating the sesquicentennial of Smyrna. It's 150th birthday. <laughs> you love Smyrna. I love Smyrna. You do. Um, do you have any co- connections with the Julia Roberts family? None. No, she's basically disavowed Smyrna, and I really wish she would come back. Because no, she, no, she did come back for her her mother's her mother's internment. That's right. Um, a few years ago, mm-hmm. because I have a neighbor who lives down the street from that cemetery, and called me. She was like, "Oh my God, Julia Roberts just walked down the street." Um, but she really, and you know, they have a huge photo of her at Campbell High School, which is where she graduated from. Um, it is. You know, she, her legacy is real in Smyrna, but I don't think she really cares. And it's really too bad. Julia Roberts, if any of your people are listening, you need to come to Smyrna because we are this blue oasis in metro Atlanta. We are full of very cool people and really fun restaurants. And we could totally hang. Our kids are the same age. We have a lot in common. Julia, call me. Okay. Because uh, early on, you know, before all of this, anytime the newspaper would report on a Julia Roberts story, it was always Smyrna gal, Julia Roberts. But oh, I guess gal. It's, it's been so long. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's been it uh, oh, quite a week in Georgia politics. I mean, there's really not that much. I'm just kidding. There's been a lot going it's on. so boring here in Georgia. <laughs> so everything seemed to be kind of like, okay, this is the Senate race that everybody's got their eye on, Herschel Walker and, and Raphael Warnock. And then Monday night, the bombshell story from the Daily Beast talking about how he paid for an abortion. And that was pretty, you know, sticky as it came out. It was just like, oh, you sort of knew something was coming, but you're like, okay, you're reading about this. This is spicy. But it really got spicy when his son, Christian Walker, put out videos right away. I mean, it was- Immediately. It was was an avalanche of Twitter that I just, and for me, it's my crack. So it was really something. Oh, I was sitting there in my kitchen wearing my soft pants and all of a sudden, like the Georgia political world blew up and I was there on my phone watching all of it unfold. (laughs) So, you know, Christian Walker, as if you, if you weren't familiar before and, and Jen and I had talked about this on the podcast, like what a wild card he was um, for Herschel Walker all along, even in the early days, just going off on these very um, flamboyant rants about gas prices, about conservatives, about absentee fathers, about like all this stuff. And you know, look, he's an adult. He's a he's twenty three years old, and I always thought to myself, you know. This, he's going to be a problem one day, but nobody seemed to care. I think maybe, and I wonder from your view, Terry, where if they thought, all right, here is a young black male who's gay, and perhaps this could be an asset to the campaign at some point. I'm sure they thought that. And honestly, he was he was in on it, right? He was selling merchandise. He was, you know, he was all in. I, I don't, I'm not on TikTok, so I don't follow him on TikTok. I don't follow him on Twitter, but I see his videos that other people share. And he... He was along for the ride. Now, in hindsight, I think that there is a huge conversation to be had about the impact and implications of what it's like to grow up in a very traumatic, traumatic environment like that. And, you know, I don't know, we could armchair 
psychiatrist this all day long. That's not what we're going to do. And that's not what anyone needs to be doing. But he is clearly a kid who comes from a very traumatic background. And I think all of that came to a head this week. And uh, we can hear a little bit of it. I'm not going to play all of it, but just for context, in case you didn't hear it. I stayed silent when it came out that my father, Herschel Walker, had all these random kids across the country, none of whom he raised. And you know my favorite issue to talk about is father absence. Surprise, because it affected me. That's why I talk about it all the time, because it affected me. Family values, people. He has four kids, four different women, wasn't in the house raising one of them. He was out having sex with other women. Do you care about family values? I was silent. Lie after lie after lie. The abortion card drops yesterday. It's literally his handwriting in the card. They say they have receipts, whatever. He gets on Twitter. He lies about it. Okay, I'm done. Done. Everything has been a lie. And so for the right to say I'm being suspicious for saying, hey, I'm, I'm done with the lies, when you all have been calling me saying, is this true about your dad? Gosh, we're not going to win Georgia, this candidate. That's been you. You have no idea what I've been through in my life. You have no idea what me and my mom have survived. We could have ended this on day one. We haven't. I haven't told any stories. I'm just saying, don't lie. Don't lie on my mom. Don't lie on me. Don't lie on the lives you've destroyed and act like you're some moral family man. Y'all should care about that, conservatives. And then for people on the left to act as though I'm responsible for all of the things that he has done. I've talked about Father Epstein. I've talked all these because they've been close to me. Because they matter to me, because I went through it. That's why I've talked about it. So when you say, well, talk about your dad, but I am. I'm saying this behavior is atrocious. Don't come for me. You don't have to like my politics. You don't have to like me. You don't have to. I'm just saying I'm done with the lies. Wow. Uh, uncomfortable. Wow. You know, oh. there's a part of me that like, it's, you know, look, it has been his own choice to be public and to have a social media That's right. profile. And listen, it's a it's a deal with the devil for all of us. You know, you're you're going to go into the hornet's nest. You may get stung, and I think what's really hard is when you're that age. Like you know, we're old broads, right? That you know, we know that we're going to have to face consequences when you're that young, and the dopamine hits for somebody oh. like him for, for a brain that's not even like biologically fully formed yet. Right. So that's um. So that's so so that's that's a lot. So it was a lot. Okay. That's a lot. And then, of course, over the next couple of days, um, what shocked me is the the way people stand are still, like, literally abortion is their number one ride or die. Mm -hmm. And people like Ralph Reed's going on NPR. With no one from the other side, by the way. And, hey, Zoomers out there, young millennials, those of you who you might not be as familiar with Ralph Reed, He's a creepy dude, you guys. Do some Googling, figure him out, but like just trust the old broads on this. He's not the voice. He's not even the voice of the right. And point. he doesn't even know how to get a suit that fits him. He's, he's a And he also, I think, is um, in denial of who he really is, in my view. I don't know. I don't have any proof of that, but that is just an observation. So you have a lot of people and then people saying, oh, we don't know what to believe. So it's just, it's, it's, it, you know what, it's, it's the, the stunning hypocrisy of all of it. It's, it's one thing if, if you know, if that's your ride or die, your ride or die, you can't have it both ways. Right. Um, so then Herschel Walker has a press conference um, at a lumber yard somewhere three hours outside of, of Atlanta. Four seasons, total lumber yard. <laughs> yes. 
Why, what do you think was going on in the Walker campaign as far as like, all right, we got to have a press conference. We got to get in front of this. Honestly, if I could have been the Mike Pence hair fly on the wall of the Walker campaign. I mean, first of all, he gets there, like listening to the audio of the Four Seasons Totally Lumberyard press conference was really hard. Watching it was even cringier because he, you know, he's there, he puts on his little reading glasses and he's reading from this piece of paper that somebody who is not him obviously wrote um, and it's awkward, and you know that the campaign is, you know, they thought they had moved past all of this, right? When when all of the secret children were 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 revealed, and they brought in, you know, new campaign leaders. You know, they brought in Chip Lake, and you know, they they were trying to professionalize the operation and brought in some, by all measures, very experienced and very good campaign people are working on the Herschel Walker campaign. And now they're dealing with not only the allegation and the Daily Beast story about the abortion, but then the Christian Walker total social media tweet storm TikTok barrage, basically corroborating and validating what the story said. So they can't push it away. They can't be like, no, this is just one one lady with an agenda, which by the way, apparently she's also the mother of one of the secret kids. Like there's so much to this. So this is all culminating at Four Seasons Total Lumberyard. And he is <laughs> reading this statement that was written maybe by Chip, maybe by Mallory. We don't know, but it was so awkward. And then of course, he can't get scripted answers for the Q&A section. It was bizarre. I mean, this is just a little bit of it. It's just so uncomfortable. It's, it's just, oh my gosh, wait. Mothers of your children. No. To ask what? Why not? Uh, why do I need to? Well, because according to the article, one the woman who says that you paid for her to have an abortion is also the mother of one of your children. It seems like that's that's an easy way because to... Because of the article, I had more kids. That's why I reached out to anyone, because I said no, and that's what I mean. When I said no, I, I said it's not correct. That's a lie. And that's what I mean. That's a lie. But if the let woman said that yes, she, let me go to her. Thank you. You said that if this did happen, there's nothing to be ashamed of. How do you Wait, say I never that? Said, I you never said, said that this morning on, on you. No, what show. I said, I was yeah. talking about something totally different than if this did happen. I said, when I with my ex-wife in my past, nothing to do with what this woman said. So I said, this, this here, the abortion thing is false. It's a lie. And that's what I said. I said, anything happened with my ex-wife or what Christian was talking about, I don't know, but as I said, if anything happened, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Mike's wife and I have been the best of friends with her husband. That's the talking. That's the only talking point he can remember to go back to is me and my. We're the best of friends. <laughs> we hang out all the time. We're you know, walking along the beach and having fun. No, what's so weird about that is that he said, you know, these articles are giving me extra kids. It's like, well, yeah, because like the kids are there. You already had those other children. You just didn't tell anybody about them. Presumably he's been, I mean, I'm assuming there are all kinds of like NDAs and child support agreements. There's, right, there have to be. I don't know though. This is not know. a good person who does good business like that. No, who I don't, can, yeah. who can, has a team around him to do an NDA, but also the lawsuit uh, part of it. Which and, lawsuit? Bob Ingram's lawsuit? So what's interesting yeah. is I got to meet your husband for the first time, <laughs> um, Chris, shout out to Chris. And he's adorable, Thank by the you. way. And um, that's neither here nor there. I'm just stating- He's good hair. He's he does. really good hair. Really good hair. I know, like, I know. really good. And so I was kind of grilling him about a lawsuit, a uh, defamation lawsuit. And he was saying there's no way he can do it. There were that he's not going to do it. 
No, the truth is a defense. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that was, so that was probably not smart for them to come out of, out of the gate saying we're going to sue. Cause I think that's the Trump playbook is where they just sue and sue and sue. Right. And defamation is different. And I, Bob Ingram, like Robert Ingram's a real lawyer. Like he shouldn't have known better than to say, I mean, I, there's not going to be a lawsuit. There's never going to be a lawsuit on this. There might be lawsuits on other issues. There's not going to be a, a defamation lawsuit against the Daily Beast, against them, you know, the story, because all of this would have to be opened up in discovery. The cards, the receipts, everything. And the truth is a defense for defamation. And it seems like, based on Christian Walker, there's there's some truth to this. Why well, a think, lot of truth? I think there's going to be more that comes out. But I, you know what? I hate to say it, but I think that I I don't know. I think it's going to be those secret women Republican voters. I think they're like the secret Trump voters in 2016. I think it is those those women um, because there's that real line with people who are anti-abortion, I don't want to call them pro-life because we are all pro-life and right. I hate that branding. I agree. But I think it is those those women here, no exceptions. Right. And I think that really matters to them because they know somebody who's had an ectoptic pregnancy. They know somebody who's had a catastrophic event. So when you're telling a woman like that, where she may feel, yeah, I don't feel like abortion is right. If my daughter got pregnant, you know, there's no, I don't- Right, we'll deal. We're going to figure this out. That's right. And that's fair. And that's that's their choice. So I think that's really murky. And especially when you have a guy who was out there running around saying no exceptions exceptions for anything- Anything. For anything, no, no exceptions. If your developmentally disabled daughter who cannot consent is sexually abused by a caregiver, for example, and becomes pregnant, no exceptions, no exceptions. You're you always have like you find a way to find like the harsh. You're you can really make that real. I can think you? about specific. Th- well, it's, that's it's, why you're a, because these are real things that well, happen. Well, that's your, you're a lawmaker, and yeah. that's and that's your you're hearing you're hearing real things all the time. So we're gonna have to watch and see how this plays out. Uh, you know, I saw um, Monica Pearson, who's a friend of yeah. mine. Uh, you know, you know, legend her from, from TV, and I saw her put out a really good tweet, and she was just like. Democrats are just obsessing over the scandal and Republicans aren't like, and Republicans are trying to fix it or what are they're blaming Democrats for crime, but no one's really telling, saying what they're going to do. And I, I think, you know, there's a lot of maybe people in the middle who feel a little like that. What yeah. do you think? I know. I think that's right. I, it's going to be really curious to see after all of the election results are in, which races were skipped. And, you know, the Senate race is going to be at the top of the ballot. Yeah. And, you know, there in, you know, two years ago when, when the president was on the ballot, a lot of people skipped that race. Yeah. There, so how many people are going to skip this race? I mean, I, if, you, if I had to tell you today who the top Republican vote getters were going to be in Georgia, it's nobody at the very top of the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Well, there's going to be definitely a lot to watch. And then, you know, the debate. I'm still not convinced that Walker's going to show up. I don't know. Like, I look at it two ways, and I think it's... So I've seen some different points of view about the debate. One is march all the mothers, you know, and sit them in the front row like Trump did for, you know... Oh, gosh, I'm not even that... Yeah, that didn't even occur to me. That's good. So I've seen a couple of people like that. But I don't... My gut feeling, Terry, is 
Warnock's got to be really careful to not um, try to outsmart him totally. too much. Yes. No, no, you have to. It's And this happens sometimes when you are an intelligent woman in elected office. Um, you have to be careful <laughs> to measure yourself so that you don't, like, you don't want to punch down intellectually. I don't think you want to punch down ever, but it, 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 it's a fine balance that you don't necessarily want to punch down intellectually because that can be very, which is just very off-putting. Nobody likes to see. Well, yeah, because likes to know it all. Walker is the wounded bird right now. Right. And people tend to to root for maybe the loser or the underdog. Well, I don't want to say loser, underdog. The underdog. And, and I think that what what is to Warnock's advantage here is his lifetime spent as a pastor he his empathy is so inherent to who he is. And so I think that he'll be able to draw on that. I think he'll be able to draw on everything he's put, you know, for in his in his his calling. I hesitate to say career as a pastor because it's really more of a calling, but I think he'll be able to draw on that, you know, just the empathy that he has for the human condition. And I think that will help him because he, he there, I mean, even Walker himself has said like, yeah, he's much smarter than me. He's going to try to make me look dumb, which like, it's not going to have to try very hard, my dude. But it's, it's, I think that Walker is preparing anyway. I'm sorry, Warnock is preparing anyway to not over, again, nobody likes to know it all. And I think, right. Yeah, and, I, and I think that, that and I, honestly, frankly, that probably hurt Hillary Clinton because she was so clearly so much more intelligent right. when they, she was on that debate stage. And, yes, and when you're were. a woman, it's even harder when yeah. you're the more intelligent one on the debate stage. And I think that, I, I do, I, I, I have full faith that Warnock is going to be able to walk this very narrow line that he'll need to do in, in the debate, if the debates happen. Well, we'll all be watching. Okay, this just in, uh, Terry. Uh, Jen uh, was supposed to call us today, but yes. she just texted me and said she can't do it. So Jen Jordan, just so you know, it was announced today. I'm so happy for her and her amazing team. They've raised over a million dollars for their campaign, and that's... Which, Fantastic. It's incredible. So we've been... We were at an event for her last night where Senator Ossoff was there. Um, I got to meet Senator Ossoff recently. I happened to be in D.C. for another event. I met him in person. And then tell me the truth. Like he said to me, now I did have my name tag on last night. He was like, hey, Mara, it's so good to see you again. So I feel like he pretended to remember me. No, he remembered you. He's good. He, <laughs> he'll, he'll remember me. And okay, I will say one of my very dearest long you know, friends since elementary school did say to me recently, she's like, you know, John Ossoff has some young Chris Anilowitz energy. I was like, oh, maybe that explains. <laughs> He's just, so, so yeah. So um, I finally got to give him a hug and that was- He gives good hugs. We I should mean, have to cut all of this. <laughs> so I'm like, like, yeah. Uh, also shout out to some of the ladies we saw at the event who listened to the podcast. We got some great yes. feedback that was so nice. It's so great to hear uh, when you reach us. So please um, tell, give us more of that. We yes. love it. So we did want to talk to, one of the things that we wanted to talk to Jen about, and maybe you can weigh in on this, is that 
they're going to be hearing um, arguments uh, about the HB 481 um, restrictive abortion law uh, in, in late October, October 24th and 25th. I don't have the article in front of me, but the judge, Judge McBurney, who seems to get be getting all these high-profile yes. cases, has said, uh, because the Kemp administration has tried to put this off now because they didn't want the, these arguments presented before right, the election. Right. And Judge McBurney said, no. Yeah, it is. It's October 24th and 25th. It's going to be a two-day bench trial. And he, you know, I think it is, is it Patricia Murphy who, who's been using the phrase, they got, they got McBurned. Yeah. <laughs> they, or heartburny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, just reading through, if, if, if you'll permit me to do a dramatic interpretation of, of this, um, this, this order denying, it's the order denying motion to quote, cancel the trial. Um, one of my, my favorite lines is, you know, since then the state has filed a motion seeking to either quote, cancel in parentheses, not a term of civil procedure with which the court is familiar, close parentheses, or postpone the trial. The state has offered four reason for this quote, cancellation, which can be summarized as quote, we are really busy with other things. <laughs> quote, there are no facts in dispute. Quote, we don't know what facts are in dispute. And, quote, you can't do what you are trying to do. The court's response, detailed below, can be summarized as, who isn't, there are, you do, and I can. I mean, that guy, he's full of piss and vinegar. Oh, I love him. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's so... And when you're a judge, you get to show off exactly how smart you are, and that would be awesome about being a judge. (laughs) So... Uh, but I don't know. Does it matter? I mean, is this going to be in the headlines? Is that, is this, is this? Oh yeah, it'll be in the headlines. Uh, right. But is it sort of a nothing burger? I mean, is it just more, more, you know, I mean, I, I guess you can't have enough news reminding women your rights think, are being taken that's, away. That's right. And this is a week before election day. It is in the middle of early voting. And I, I think that's what it is, right? It is keeping this discussion open that there is this bill in Georgia. It is a bill that is exceptionally draconian and cruel in how it restricts women from receiving the health care that they need to have. And I think, again, talking about those women who just aren't quite sure, like they're, you know, they like what Kemp did for the economy. They might like how Kemp handled COVID, but they're really concerned about what happens if, you know, they or them or their daughter or their loved one or their granddaughter is pregnant with a baby with trisomy 18. It drives me crazy though when I hear people say, you know, and, and you know, and, and shout out to Politically Georgia, to Patricia and Greg's oh podcast, which I'm such a loyal listener. I actually want to call their feedback line. I do too. I do too. <laughs> and also there are two numbers I know in my heart to be true. I know that there are 525,600 minutes in a year because I've, like wow. Broadway. Well, rent, right? Yes, it's rent. Yes. And I know <laughs> that all Trump needed was 11,780 <laughs> votes. Because, right, because there's an <laughs> ad in that podcast. But, um, you know, they were just talking about how they were at that, um, you know, how they've been talking to voters. And and uh, when I hear a woman voter and she, and she says, you know, I, I, I don't like Kemp's abortion policies, but I really like him on everything else, which... Listen, that's fair. You you have the right to feel the way you want to Women feel. Women contain multitudes, and that's totally valid. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so when your daughter is going to be denied her cancer medication or when your daughter is de- de- 
denied, you know, because you've been hearing stories about that, about people are not writing their right. prescriptions for that. I mean, it's just the stories are endless. So I don't know, you know, I don't know that anything is enough. I don't know that story is enough. I don't know if it resonates enough because Kemp is just, is very, he's very, very popular and he's running a very good campaign. It's, I mean, Stacy's out there pushing yeah. it too. She's running a good campaign, but this is going to be, a, it's going to be a tight one. No, one thing we're seeing in Georgia and this guy, and oh, first of all, read the order. It's in the AJC article. I'll, we'll, we'll tweet it out. Um, but it's, it's McBurney orders are fun reading, but talking about the quality of the campaigns, we are seeing exceptional campaign quality in Georgia right now. I mean, we, and, and that, I guess that's what happens, right? When you are the battleground state, you have some of the, the, the brightest campaigns, strategic minds coming into the state. But, you know, like some of the ads we're going to talk about, if it's... Yeah, well, it's, I wanted to talk about that because, yeah. okay, so um, let's talk about the Lieutenant Governor, Burt Jones versus mm-hmm. Charlie Bailey. Like, this fascinates me because, number one, Burt Jones is a fake He's elector. He's a fake elector, you guys. He's a fake elector. He's a fake elector. He's a fake elector. I'm going to say it again. He's a fake elector. He's a fake elector. He is someone who wanted to commit treason and overthrow democracy of a free and fair election. Burt Jones is a fake elector. Okay, but if you watch his ad, which... I think it's a good ad, but I want to I want to scream at the TV uh, because, well, listen. Growing up in a small town, you quickly learned the importance of giving back to your community. I didn't just start a small business; I created hundreds of local jobs. I didn't just oppose the gas tax; I was fighting for hardworking Georgia families. Bank elector. And as your lieutenant governor, I work to <laughs> end sounds- the state income tax and make sure parents are in charge of their children's education. What is that? Because those are the small town values I believe in. First of all, (laughs) I am in charge of my children's education. Second of all, does it count as starting a small business when it's just like a spinoff of your dad's company? (laughs) Right. I mean, listen, it's a good ad. If I didn't know anything about it, I would think, hey, wow, he seems like a great guy. Yeah, it's upbeat. He's joyful, (laughs) small town guy. Like there's a pickup truck. There's lots of plaid. Um, Uh, My favorite part is he's in a grocery store talking to people as if like people are just like, hanging out in a produce section. That's right. clearly someone who's like never gone to a grocery store on his own. No, you just want to <laughs> get your onions and go, dude. <laughs> so, but here is the counter from his opponent, Charlie Bailey. And this, well, this says more of it. But Georgia Republicans are running away from him. That's what happens when you're under FBI investigation for conspiring to overturn the election, when you've been stripped of power by your own party, and even the outgoing Republican lieutenant governor refuses to endorse you. From subverting a lawful election to stating he's against abortion even in cases of rape, incest, or life of the mother. Burt Jones is, well, the poster boy for extremism. Even Republicans know he's too extreme for Georgia. That's a big one. Too extreme for everyone. Everything. Right, right. And, <laughs> and that was big news, right? When when the Republican Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan was asked, are you going to, you know, to endorse Burt Jones? He was like, nope. <laughs> well, and then I love, and I don't have the clip handy, but when Herschel Walker was at that press conference oh, and they were asking him about that and he was like, who is that? Who's that? And he was like, is that the guy on TV? Like he, he didn't even yeah. know. I mean, yeah. There, there's a lot, you guys. There's a lot. 
back with this. Maybe whenever I guess I'm going to have a neurologist. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. Seriously. Um, some other pretty good ads. Now this just came out. Now I don't, I don't know if this one's a little bit more visual, but Tim Ryan, who's running for Senate in Ohio, it's a hotly contested race versus JD Vance. But we were talking about those charming personality, heartwarming ads. Um, and, and I think this is, this is like, especially when it comes to marriage, this is really, really good. They're politicians 100% of the time. And I ask these people, are any of you married? <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. Gross. Yes, yeah, disgusting. But if we have 10 conversations in one day. And we agree on seven. We crack a bottle of wine. Yes, we do. The same goes for the country. We have to stop the stupid fight. Find some common ground. And be Americans first. Now that I can agree with. I'm Tim Ryan and I approve this message. That's a good ad, right? That's a good one. <laughs> That's a, that's a so, good one. That's a good one. There's another one that this is for a state house race. I haven't, I haven't sent you this. This is for Marcus Wiethauer, who is my colleague in the house. And Marcus, we don't need to play the ad. We can link to it. Um, but it is it's Marcus Wiethauer and Houston Gaines, both Republicans from Athens, Georgia. Um, and Houston, you know, they, they've, they've, they're, they're great. If if we have like, if you're a Democrat, you have an idea for a bill. And they're working on something similar. They'll be like, yeah, like I, I co-sponsored a food truck bill with Marcus to make it easier for, I mean, with them, with Marcus, with Houston Gaines to make it easier for food truck operators to, because there are 159 counties in Georgia. And which means that if you're a food truck operator in Metro Atlanta, you might need to have <laughs> approval from like 17 health departments, which is ridiculous. So we, we it was, it streamlined that. Um, but Marcus and Houston are always together, always side by side. Marcus has a commercial talking about inflation and Houston pops up in the commercial and his son's like, Dad, why is he here? Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's a, it's charming. That's good. It's I, really that's, cute. That's that's good. I mean, I I, I like that. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. it's charming. It's like Warnock ads. You know, people are going to tell you how Raphael Warnock eats pizza with a fork. You know, like and with the puppy dog. And there's charm and there's joy. And I mean, Bailey's ad obviously is not joyful. It's it's t explaining the very serious issue that Burt Jones is a fake elector. Burt Jones is a fake elector. Um, then, um, and this is kind of long, but I, you know what? Maybe we should, because this got a lot of play. And this was the ad for a woman in Louisiana. Oh, Katie Darling. Katie Darling, who went ahead and gave birth in her ad. I mean, just, I'll play a little bit of it. And I live on a farm in St. Tammany Parish. Our family composts, collects rainwater, and grows our own food. My husband and daughter help take care of the chickens. And there's someone else who's going to be joining us and helping to pitch in with farm life very soon. That shows her very pregnant but belly. these days, I worry about storms that are stronger and more frequent because of climate change. About our kids underperforming public schools. And about Louisiana's new abortion ban. One of the strictest and most severe in the country. We should be putting pregnant women at ease, not putting their lives at risk. I haven't spent my career in Washington. I've worked my way up from bartender to CEO. Now I help nurses organize our complicated health records. She's pushing right because now. She's pushing. <laughs> yeah. She's grimacing. It shows her husband with his Louisiana head in his hands. better than the path we're on. I'm Katie Darling, and I'm running for Congress because I want that better path. For you, for her, and go. for him. 
Okay. Unbelievable. And I, wait, who, do, the camera crew, like how did she think they must have, I mean, the fact that she thought about this, like obviously, like I don't know when the baby was actually born, but that The baby a- was born, I believe, uh, late September. Oh, okay. Yeah, so no, this all happened like very recently. Wow. Yeah. And she is. And so to, to, for our Georgia listeners, St. Tammany Parish, I lived there for a long time when I was little. It's kind of analogous to, I don't know, there's so many more counties here, but a lot like Forsyth okay. County. Okay. If, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an outer suburb, you know, pe- the people who live there, if they go to work in New Orleans, they're driving like 30 to well, really more like 45 to 50 minutes. They've got to cross the causeway, that 26 mile long bridge that crosses like Pontchartrain. Um, there's not as much wealth as there is necessarily in FOCO, but there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a lot of more wealthy people. It was St. Tammany Parish is where all the white flight went. Like it is, it has always been a very conservative place. So they're watching her giving birth. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty incredible ad. It got a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Well, and like Forsyth County, it's, a, it's, it is a place it's that ch- is changing, changing over. It's changing a lot. And, you know, women are going to look at that. And they're going to say, and I, what did Jen say last night at her event? She was talking about non-college educated women Mm -hmm. who something like that can, they can really relate to that. that. So that's a good ad. It got a lot of attention. I just, you know, I I, I don't know. We used a David Perdue ad last week. Totally (laughs) Totally exonerated. exonerated. So that's like a meme that's been used. (laughs) I'm not going to play it again because I can't. I can't do it. No, but it's just, you know, Perdue and the ladies (laughs) and the, 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 the text in all bold face. Totally exonerated. Yeah, but you know what? Come on. Let me. It's so good. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm David Perdue, and I approve this Sorry. message. John Ossoff believes if you repeat a lie enough, people might believe it. But Ossoff's stock trade attacks on David Perdue are totally false. <gasps> totally David false. David Perdue wasn't even at that Senate briefing. He wasn't there. He wasn't even there. He was cleared the Partisan Senate Ethics Committee. Totally The SEC and DOJ. Purdue was totally exonerated. John Ossoff, you just can't believe him. He's totally exonerated. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. Um, now I want to talk about Halloween. It's coming. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, there goes the. There, the Wait, see, are we selling children, <laughs> Mara? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Some of the times like we clip things in like after in post production, but we're, we're, we're doing it live. Doing it live. Like so Bill O'Reilly. It's a subliminal message. <laughs> so I know that Wayfair stuff. Do you get, I mean, to, to think that, that so much of like QAnon and that conspiracy theory started I, from that Wayfair well, hoax. And honestly, is it because, did the Wayfair <laughs> hoax originate because the head of Overstock.com, which is like a big competitor, yeah, it's like a big yeah. Trumper, did they st- like my theory, honestly, having someone who's purchased from a lot of stuff from Wayfair and from Overstock in the past, like before I knew, I really think it was an Overstock conspiracy. It's really, really weird. Look it up if you don't know what we're talking about, or maybe don't look it no, up because then I don't know what kind of cookies are going to get in your computer. Yeah. By the way, on the on the talks uh, talk of this. Um, Great podcast. I want it. There's two podcasts I'm obsessed with right now. One is called um, Bone Valley, which is um is a, a innocent man in jail. The other one is called Hoax, and it's about satanic panic. And satanic oh, panic yeah. is 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 really linked to all of these conspiracy theories and QAnon and Pizzagate and crazy stuff like this. 
Razor blades and apples. So Halloween now, Fox News is 24-7 talking about rainbow fentanyl, uh, trick-or-treating. And I know it's true. I was on a plane, which by the way, Patty LaBelle was on my plane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and there was a lady sitting next to me and she seemed very nice, but she just had Fox News on and I saw them spend a good six-minute package on this rainbow fentanyl. Um, which, look, it just, it did really remind me of... Um, Back in the day, you know, razor blades. Right. Or wasn't there like needles and oh, candy apples? Oh, people were talking apples? about needles. Yeah, needles and candy apples. First of all, I did a lot of trick-or-treating. Never in my life did anybody ever give out a candy apple as a trick-or-treat thing. Never. Never. That's not a thing that anybody does <laughs> unless it's like on on Hallmark Network or something. Like nobody has a bunch of candy apples. Second of all, this this is, this is, this is first of all, and I want to say this, the fentanyl thing is a very scary, real thing. I have talked to my teenagers. I'm sure Amara has talked to her oh, teenager yeah. about like, do not take anything from anybody because you just, you don't know. No pills or powders. No, no pills, pills or powders. powders. That's no. like the biggest yeah, thing like, I say. Full yes. stop. And like, also I'll buy you condoms as much as you need. Yes. And porn is not real. And that is not a real actual representation of intimacy. <laughs> Things that your teenagers need to know, right? <laughs> yes. Like, uh, yes. Like it's, but- these panic, like parents panicking about something being in their kid's Halloween candy is nothing new. And nobody's going to be giving out like random baggies of fentanyl candy because I thought the whole point was to sell it. <laughs> right? I, I mean, so, so Kelly Leffler's tweet, which I wrote like 18 drafts to this because I want to respond, but I don't respond because she's just so irrelevant. But it's like... Take a moment to think about how sad it is that parents must now worry about fentanyl-laced Halloween candy. I, actually, I'm not doing her voice well. This is the reality of Biden's America, made possible by open borders that are slowly but surely poisoning our country. This tweet is brought to you by Open Borders. <laughs> no, it's okay. What tells what tells me something? This tweet has 40 likes, none of which are Mira or myself. Kelly Loveler has 187,000 Twitter followers. Yes. So if only 40 people have like liked it, 35 have retweeted it, it's telling me that like, and the quote tweets are, none of the quote, the quote tweets are like, Kelly's gone to crazy town. And there it is. You know, like nothing, nothing. It, they're not like parents be on alert. Our friend Kelly Loveler is telling us about fentanyl candy. Guys, I mean, n- there has never, ever, ever been an incident of any kid being poisoned by their Halloween candy. It's, it's not a thing. It is like, it's like that satanic panic. It is, you know, obviously I'm not going to like eat a Reese's cup that's been opened because. Right. Every parent knows, like every parent knows that that look, my son is out of the trick or treating age, but you know, everybody. And, and that tweet is really from someone who is clearly not a parent because you know how it is when they come home, especially when they're little, the first thing that they do is they, they separate they it all. Dump it all out. And it's like a whole competition. And like, look, any parent knows if someone's putting it like in a baggie or something that looks strange, you don't eat it. Like even no, if, it's, exactly. if it's somebody's grandma who who made something, you you don't have it. But this was a really funny clip. You know those guys, the good liars? Yes. They, they parody stuff. And it just goes to show you, it's just old people um, watching Fox News. A bag like this at Halloween, do not take it. It's fentanyl, it'll kill you. Um, drug dealers, a lot of times, they want to sell their drugs. Mm-hmm. 
Well, not if they're coming over here to destroy our, com- our country. And then, oh, wow. so the drug dealers have houses that they the kids will come and knock on the door on, and then they'll give th- give that to them. I'm thinking that's how it's going to happen. Yeah. So drug dealers would be giving away. Um, not drug dealers, the illegals that are here. Yeah. They just crossed because what Biden is, has our or, our border wide open. Okay, so the illegals that have have houses that then the kids are coming to knock on the illegals' houses. <laughs> Doors that and they're drug dealers that are giving the uh, the children their drugs. Look at Fox News. All you gotta do is watch an episode of Fox News. And Fox News will tell you that the, the yeah, indeed across our borders, it's going into our playground. And they're gonna be giving it away during Halloween. Yes. So that lady um, is probably, I don't know, she's probably in her late 50s, 60s, yeah. and, and, you know, has probably just watched nonstop Fox News. And look, there have been a couple of cases. They've been isolated in the New York City area, but there's no evidence that people want to put it in Halloween candy. Like, no. wh- like why are you giving it away for free? Like, you want to no. sell it. Right. You- That's the whole point. Like, the, the illegal <laughs> drug it's an economy, right? Like it is an economy unto itself and it's a big economy and they don't want to kill people. So I don't, so it just, it's, 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 it's totally nonsensical. I mean, yeah. Is there rainbow fentanyl? Yes. That is a real thing. And, and it's scary as a parent to know this stuff is at her, but the way my kids would possibly encounter rainbow fentanyl is not trick-or-treating the way any of our children are going to encounter rainbow fentanyl is not in their loot bag from halloween night that's just not how any of this works and kelly leffler like guys don't go to her house because she's going to be the lady giving away like boxes of raisins or baggies full of pennies she doesn't have that because she lives in a house where you have to where there's like you can't ring on the doorbell there's probably a gate and you know there's no or she has like a staff at the bottom of the street handing we, yeah. things out. We go to church in that area and every time my kids and I are like, we're driving to church, my kids are like, this would be a terrible neighborhood for trick-or-treating. Right. There's well, no sidewalks. Probably, yeah, it's true. There's no sidewalks and they, but the, you know what? I'm sure they find a way to make it amazing because, you know. Trick-or-treat, man. Trick-or-treat. I'm okay. just saying, it's Smyrna. I give out full-size candy oh, bars. You're so Smyrna. I don't cheap out. Smyrna strong. It's true. <laughs> um, I, you know, in my neighborhood here, Virginia Highland, I mean, people are super into it. They close oh, yeah. off streets. It's yep. like, it's a great thing, but I can't tell you one parent, not one parent I know who was worried about rainbow fentanyl being in trick-or-treat bags. Like you say, they are worried about potentially what kids may be engaging in, but not Halloween. Okay. One final note. Um, we talked about this before about the, um, the, the, Date, the Right Stuff dating app, um, which is really great. And their ad came out and it's 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 really fun. Um, and involves 0% new kids on the block songs, which is such a missed opportunity. Right. Well, could, they probably couldn't get the they license. They'd get, they'd get, get the sued license. for that. And as a member of the Recording Academy here in Atlanta, I would make sure and bring yes. that law. I'm very passionate about <laughs> artist rights and you can't use yeah. people's music. But let's take a listen. What are you looking for in a partner? They just have to be a conservative. Definitely someone that wants to have kids. I like an independent man. Personally, I like the alpha male vibe. I want a man who really loves his family. Definitely someone whose faith is important to them. For me, it's someone who actually wants to meet my parents. Why do you want to date a conservative? (laughs) For me, at least I know that we're going to start off with some shared values. Well, the conservative men I've dated at least know how to treat me like a woman. 
In my personal experience, conservative guys have better manners. I like that they understand their role in the relationship <laughs> as a man. I just prefer my men to be masculine. She is the red flag when it comes to dating. A Democrat. No Democrats. A Democrat. Can't be a Democrat. A Democrat. That's easy. A Democrat. No Democrats. So no. Okay. Okay. So, uh, look, um, and, and I, I, I want to point out that another great podcast I listened to, which is uh, called On with Kara Swisher. You know, I love yeah. Kara Swisher and her co-host Naima Raza brought up a great point about that ad. It, if you watch it, it is full of um, an Asian woman, mm-hmm. an Indian woman, a black woman. That's the one who says she wants to bring someone home to her parents. It's like, who? So will okay. that, but the point is that saying like, you know, that you see conservatives a lot complaining about things are woke and inclusive. That is an ad where it's just full of, of, of women, all shapes and sizes. There's one like very chesty woman. Yeah, yeah no, it, it is a, it is a cross section of femininity. And the fact that like, so it is interesting that they can't really get women to join. So it's, and, yeah. and also the, we, we, and nobody has any problem with the fact that it's a, a, a right-leaning app. I Because there's day, J-Date and right. there's Christian Mingle. And like, I think wanting someone with shared values is totally yeah, fair Yeah, like if, if you know you want to marry someone from your same faith tradition, it totally makes sense that you would like go on J-Date or whatever the Catholic dating nap is or whatever, you know, like it, that's, it's perfectly valid. But, um... So I think it's, so, so, and then the, of course the ratings have been coming out about it because they ask about January 6th. It's like J- you're January 6th, dot, dot, dot. Like you have the, I haven't been on a dating app because I've been married for like an, a Same. thousand years, yeah. but like you have to ask these like personality trait questions and one of them is January 6th. And yeah. it's just like, why would you answer that? Like that could be incriminating well, to and that's, you. Trevor Noah talked about that on his show uh, a few days ago. <laughs> he was like, so yes, this will be an important question for whichever friendly FBI agent you happen to meet on the site. I mean, that's a weird, that's weird. It's one thing like, like, do you want kids? Do you prefer suburban living or urban living? I mean, I, I again, I've not been on a dating website, but I imagine those are some of the questions. You're like, again, questions that, it seems like a lot of what a dating app wants to do is get some of the preamble on the first date out of the way, right? right? Like, so, you know, you know, like, you know, you're from a similar faith tradition. You, are you allergic to cats? You know, deal breaker, because I love my cats, you know, right. whatever it is. Like, that's like, get it out of the way, but January on January 6th, that's a little. It's weird. That, it's that, weird. That, that's a weird question. It's a loaded question. And I can see a lot of women being like, oh yeah, yeah I'm interested in meeting, <laughs> you know, maybe a more, I, you know, I, what, what does it for me is a plaid shirt and a fleece Patagonia vest, which by the way, my husband wears this all the time. But it's, but even though that Glenn Youngkin is, is sort of taking over the red vest, I mean, that yeah. red vest is just, of course it can't be Patagonia for that, for the conservatives. Because no, that's they're true. too woke. Don't tell the chamber. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. Well, um, we've learned a lot today and there's a lot to come. So we're going to do our best to start recording once a week. Now, Terry has agreed yes. to uh, do this once a week as we get into the midterms because there's just so much out there. And um, so we do have some get, I, scheduled to appeal. Tim Miller uh, has ghosted me. You know, we gave him so much hype and his book is really good. It is. But he's freaking ghosted me. So I'll call him out right now. He's not responding to any of my emails. So I don't know. Tacky, tacky. So uh, anyway, I still loved his book, but ghoster. And um, 
Molly Jong Fast uh, did yes. agree to come on next Fabulous. week. So so hopefully, you know, look, I get people get busy, but she's awesome. She's awesome. She'll be a lot of fun and it's going to be really good to have her 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 insight on the Herschel Walker stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and her, really her podcast, Fast Politics, is, yes. is, is really good. And her newsletter, Wait What? Yeah, it's really good. So uh, we'll, you know, and then we'll be, you know, and then I think we'll be able to have uh, Jen on at some point. I mean, she is just so busy. Um, she's so busy. She's so busy. She's She went home to Dodge County today. <laughs> Rotary Club. To the Rotary Club, which is kind of where it all began when they, you know, gave her a scholarship. She was like the, the she was the future of Dodge County. And lo and behold, She's the future of Georgia. And yeah. so it's it's great. Early voting starts October 17th. We can't let that go unnoticed. It is not too early to make your plan to vote. Oh, we didn't even talk about all the absentee ballots and how it's weighted more towards women. Yeah. Is, which is interesting. So we'll, I th- we'll talk about that next week. Okay. All right. We'll have even more data. Uh, we're going to have data. Uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot to talk about. All right. Uh, Christina Larringer, thanks as always for producing and sweetening and always being there for us. And thank you to our listeners uh, for being so loyal and sticking it out with us. Vote her podcast. We will be back again next week.